Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feel like I'm podcasting? Nothing at all. I am Chris, and that is Dan. What are we going to review on this episode? Well, it's episode 16 of season 4 of The Simpsons. It originally aired on February 18th, 1993. It's entitled Duffless. And this is an episode where I think it's two two different episodes. <laughs> because the A plot and the B plot are so memorable that I think that they're two different episodes and they have a separate B plot. <laughs> they really do, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is some of the magic of season four is when you get those plots together and you're reflecting back on old Simpsons episodes. You'll remember one, you'll remember the other, but you probably forgot they went together. Because they are very, very separate. They really are, but also very good for different reasons. To kick things off, of course, Bart is writing on the chalkboard that goldfish don't bounce. Yeah, that's that's something that definitely landed his ass in detention. Was he, like, dropping them from the second floor window? Jeez, I sure hope not. I hope he was just dropping them on the floor. At least they could probably survive that. Bart's just flat out murdering animals now. Not cool, Bart. Not cool. And then the couch gag is the classic Again, cartoon the third trope. third or fourth time this has happened. Run off the film and back onto yeah. the couch, yep. Yeah, Mag- Maggie's already on the couch. They run past the couch on accident. They get off of the film, and then they come back. Classic cartoon gag, but we have seen it before. <clears throat> I don't think we're going to get any new couch gags this season. I don't think, but maybe we will. I guess we're going to have to find out. So it's the school science fair, to which Skinner replies, for a school with no Asian kids, we put on a good science fair. It makes it even funnier when you realize it's actually a dream. Bart is having a dream about winning first prize at the science fair because he's got a ray gun that he can shoot at the teachers and force them to dance. He gets Krabappel to do the monkey. Can't stop doing the monkey different dances you can adjust it to and then he's going first prize and it turns out that's lisa just muttering to him she's like i'm just screwing with your brain so we actually see what their real science projects are lisa has grown a big ass tomato using anabolic steroids just like our olympians <laughs> just like the fine just like those fine steroids that help our olympians succeed the very same lisa's Which I'm just like and she's like it might save global hunger and they show like the family in some destitute country chopping it up while there's a picture of Lisa above the mantelpiece. Oh yeah, with like like an like a giant frame and everything. <laughs> She's basically a deity at that point. She's a savior. Which Bart... I'm just like, ah, growing up with anabolic steroids would that cause issues? I would imagine. Uh, it's a possibility. And then of course, Bart's project, which is I'm testing the effects of cigarette smoke on dogs. And he's making the dog smoke. And then Homer is like, well, I'm off to work. And then it cuts to his brain. <laughs> Little do they know, I'm going to... I'm going to knock s- off halfway through and go on the Duff Brewery. 
Punching it nine, clock out of five. That's the motto. <laughs> they don't suspect a thing. And then the brain goes, well, I'm off to work. And then he's like, yep. And then Homer out loud. And then to the Duff Brewery. Wait a minute. Did I, I, I don't remember. Did I think that or just actually say it? I got to think of a lie fast. <laughs> March goes, uh, Homer, are you going to the Duff Brewery? And he screams and runs away. That's another great running gag on the simpsons is when the brain talks to them and then they screw they screw up <laughs> which parts coming from the brain and which part isn't don't tell them you were at a bar it's a pornography store i was buying pornography so i love how homer has to escape the power plant he's got like this map that you can tell has clearly been passed down as like a legendary thing from other workers if the plant ye wish to flee, go to Sector 7B. And he encounters a giant spider. To beat the spider curse, simply quote a Bible verse. Uh, thou shall not... Ah, uh, just picks up a rock and knocks it out. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Can't think of a single verse from the Bible. And then... The final part of his plan was that he was going to leap onto a car with a mattress on top that Barney was waiting for him. And Barney messes it up because he thought he saw Princess die. Turned out to just be a pile of rags. Good job, Barney. At school, though, for some reason, the science fair is not happening yet, but they're at least carrying around her big-ass tomato anyway. And we all know where this is going to go, right? Bart. Yeah, hold- she... Yeah, please hold on to this. I gotta go back. And then Skinner is bent over in front of Bart, tying his shoelaces. With his big ass right up in the air. And Bart can't resist. And he he just breaks the tomato on Skinner and splatters all the kids with tomato paste. Well, don't trust your brother. That's all right. It's gonna, it's gonna inspire something else. So that's fine. So Homer's made it to the Duff Brewery. I love the clock that they have. It's just the guy in the recliner with a beer coming out and burping three times. Yep. Fuck. And it's like, so before we start our tour, uh, anybody hear about the uh, the poisoning? What, what? What? You know the story that was on CNN? What's what the hell is CNN? Oh. Perfect. Well, none of it's true, so let's begin the tour. And Duff Beer is actually a proud sponsor of the Amos and Andy show. They even have... The old advertisements, yeah. They even have an old commercial which has JFK and Richard Nixon doing a commercial for Duff Beer. Old school TV commercials where, like, the host would literally just move over to a table and hawk the thing. Yeah. Eh, era... I uh, love me some Duff beer. I, too, enjoy that beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to express my opinion for that particular beer. And they all just boo Richard Nixon. And they've got all these wonderful flavors. Duff, Duff Light, and Duff Dry. It's a great brewery tour. They even show the uh, the the quality control guy. Good, good, rat, mouse, good, good, syringe, good. And Barney's like, Phil, you're doing a great job. He's like, oh, thanks, man. And he misses, like, five things, including Hitler's head in a jar. 
Hitler's head in a jar. In, in a jar. Not even in a beer bottle. In a jar. <laughs> Full on jar. So, quickly back at home, Lisa's got this idea. Because Marge is like, well, we could always have a hamster run through a maze. And that's when she gets the idea to make the hamster Bart. Are you smarter than a hamster? And Barty has been drinking all the flavors all day. So Homer's like, Barney, give me your keys. I'm driving home. And Barney refuses to yield, so... He Homer... starts punching him in the head, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm trying to knock you out! I know, he, he knocking him out with the car door, and it's just not working. He finally gives up. Just take it. And, of course, there's a police sting set up as they're leaving the Duff Brewery. Wiggum's dressed like a giant beer mug. So they immediately pull over Homer. Now, he actually passes the field test with flying colors. Even though he screws up the, the lyrics to the ABC song. And then Barney's like, give him the breathalyzer! And as soon as they do, they book him. And of course, Wiggum being incompetent, as always. We just talked about this on our last episode. He's like, hey, you okay to drive? Barney's like, sure! And immediately backs into Wiggum and knocks him down a hill. So one of the one of the funniest jokes they've ever done was uh, Wiggum has to call Marge and say your husband is a DOA. Oh my God, he's dead! Oh no no no, I, I meant DWI. Sorry, I always confuse those two. Hangs up the phone. Here comes a lady. Hey, you said my husband was DWI. Uh yeah, maybe you should talk to that officer over there. And of course, Lionel Hutz is also in jail. He's trying to talk to Homer about. All these surprise witnesses is going to win his case, and then it turns out he's also behind bars. Homer loses his license. Patty gets to stamp it void, which she takes great joy in. And that's it. Homer can't drive anymore. Good job, Homer. So back to our old friend Lisa, who goes to the discount pet store. And he's like, hey, you got any uh, hamsters that are smart? And she gets Ralph the Sarcastic Guy, one of my favorite side characters. Uh, sure, look at this little guy here. This guy writes mysteries. How does a hamster write mysteries? Well, he writes the ending first and works his way backwards. You expect me to believe that? Look, kid, just buy him before his mom eats him, all right? And Homer has to take Lisa's bike to work. Which is humiliating, except that... He discovers the bell and absolutely loves it. All right, are you ready for some experiments, Dan? Indeed, this is this is the stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, Lisa's first experiment is she puts a pe a food pellet on top of a bookshelf in a little makeshift house for the hamster, and the hamster pushes the couch up to the bookshelf so he can get up there and get the food. So in the real house, she puts a cupcake up there. One of my favorite parts is as Bart's walking by, he goes, stupid books. Like, he wasn't even realizing there was a cupcake up there. Which means how many times does Bart just badmouth the books in his house when he's that much of a dummy? Because he proves why he needs books right away. Climbs the bookshelf, and it falls on him, and Maggie gets the cupcake. Hamster one, Bart zero. 
Next test. The food is hooked up to a mild electrical shock. The hamster goes for it, gets the shock, and is now terrified. Beware the hand of man. Bart, on the other hand, goes, does a Three Stooges routine as he attempts to get the cupcake. Aw, a wise guy, eh? He does the thing where he slaps himself in the face. <laughs> Ow. 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 Just keeps grabbing it. <sighs> Good job. So, of course, as ho- part of Homer's punishment, he's got to attend a safe driving course. And Wiggum's going to show them a video, which ends up just being a home movie of Chief Wiggum eating hot dogs in a kiddie pool. Guys, you played the wrong tape. Wait, wait, wait. I do something funny here. And we get an actual PSA tape hosted by our friend Troy McClure, who you might remember from... <laughs> oh, God, these are great. Because these, the... these are all about sober driving, right? So the other ones are Alice's Adventures Through the Windshield Glass. And the decapitation of Larry Leadfoot. <laughs> I just love the fact that of of all the drunk driving PSAs, this is the third one he's been a part of. And they show them real car crash victims. And everybody's horrified except for Homer. Did you notice that Ruth Powers was one of the people in the class? I did indeed. <laughs> yep. So yeah, everyone's horrified, but Homer's laughing. And then he has to attend an AA meeting, with which of course is introduced by Ned Flanders, who is celebrating 4,000 days sober. <laughs> His gold chip. Yep. All he ever did was have one drink ever, and they, they do the, the flashback. That one Blackberry schnapps was my last drink. <clears throat> hey, Ned, did you remember to cut out Ann Landers from the newspaper today? Ann Landers is a bitter old bitty. You've seen that meme before, right? With the, uh... Maud looks shocked and Flanders looks sly. Because <laughs> that's been memed out, too. Yeah, My name is Otto, and I love to get Blotto. <clears throat> and, of course, Hans Molman... Alcohol's ruined my life. I'm only 31. Hey, my name is Homer Simpson, and I'm here because they made me. You know, Homer, with our help, you'll never touch a beer again. And he screams and runs away. The classic Homer scream. So Marge has actually taken a test about Homer possibly being dependent on alcohol. Do you ever drink alone? Does the Lord count? No? Then yes. <clears throat> Do you need beer to fall asleep? Ah, oh, good idea. I'll have one right now. Do you ever hide beer around the house? Do I ever? <laughs> He's got beer hidden in the tank of the toilet. And then, do you ever use beer to escape reality? And he's imagining himself muscular with dancing packs. I kind of imagine most people that drink at all are doing two or three of those things. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Like, I, I, I won't say... I'm not going to say anybody's names because they might actually be listening to this, but I do know somebody who I know drinks pretty heavily almost every single day. And I think they can actually tally off every one of those. The only thing I can't confirm is the hiding of the beer. Because I have not been to their house. So I cannot comment. But uh, if you are listening to this and you figured out who you are, um, this is why I didn't say your name. 
<laughs> but you know who you are. So yes, so Marge is like, you know what? I want you to give up beer for a month. And Homer says, that's great. No deer for a month. Did you say beer or deer? But he agrees to do it. And as soon as Marge turns the lights out, you hear the same sound that we hear when Eric introduces the nerd table. Well, he says, starting tomorrow, which it's not tomorrow yet. Yep. <laughs> what was that noise? Oh, I was saying, Psst, I love you. So one of my favorite parts is the next morning as Homer starts his journey. Marge asks Bart to go pick up the cupcakes, and Bart has a complete breakdown. He has been officially traumatized by cupcakes. Like, he, he goes to try to touch them, and he falls into the fetal position. Homer takes out the six-pack of beer to dump it down the sink, and we get one of my favorite segments, which is the Frank Sinatra parody song. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. That's one of the best. It's so good. And then Bart discovers the truth finds the notebook that Lisa's been experimenting on him. He's like, I'm going to crush her like this pellet right here, which, of course, he shocks himself again and again. So I like that he starts off with the Bond parody where he's, like, sitting in the chair with the hamster in his lap. It's like, I have hidden your notes. To find it, you Just must... Goes to his room, finds Got it. it. Don't. Immediately. And now, it's time for the science fair. There's some great little gags that go on in here, too. So, of course, Milhouse's project is Behold the Wonders of Gravity, and it's a slinky. And do you ever own a slinky, Dan? Yes. So you know how shitty they actually are, <laughs> right? Like, they're good once, or, once in a while, but for the most part, they're actually pretty shitty. Well, they're good until, until you start fucking it up. Oh yeah, till the till it gets warped. Yeah. And yep, and that's it. The slinky is done. Well, she's using like a board and a couple of things. You need like actual stairs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the one kid who's it's clear that his dad did the whole project and doesn't want him to be part of it. Can I play at the volcano now? No. I worked too hard on this. You go stand over there. And then Martin I'm going to go fly around the world in 80 days with this balloon. And you see friggin' Nelson's project is like taking out birds with a BB gun. And he shoots out the balloon and goes, damn, I was aiming for his head. Like, holy shit, dude. Granted, it's a BB gun, but damn. Also, you'd think Nelson would be a better shot than that. <laughs> and Homer starts having vi visions of beer when he sees Ralph Wiggum's alcohol-fueled car. And while Marge is not happy about Lisa's project, it doesn't matter. Bart's project wins first place. And what is his project, Dan? It's all hype. It's it's just, all right, so can a hamster fly a plane? And he just has the hamster in the little tiny plane. Oh, look, he's got little goggles on. Lisa's like, this isn't science. They're like, oh, get out of here, sister. You know that part of part of a science presentation is part PT Barnum. Exactly. Exactly. 
hey, remember? That was uh, what Vince McMahon wanted, right? He wanted to be the Walt Disney of pro wrestling. He's got a little bit of uh, P.T. Barnum in there. Yeah, but he hates everything P.T. Barnum about wrestling. I know, which is the best part. So here's how Homer's going without the beer. So first thing, he realizes how horribly sexist beer commercials are. He's mad at the TV for turning on him. Because the beer commercial is all the uh, the feminists protesting women's rights, and then the two guys dump beer on them, and they turn into swimsuit models. Mm-hmm. He's like, TV, you've betrayed me. He's at a baseball game, and he realizes how boring it is. He's not drinking. Because he's next to Barney, who's literally double-fisting beer. He's double-fisting beer, right? And he's actually lost weight, so much that his pajama pants don't fit anymore. He even sits through... One of those friggin' Tupperware presentations from Patty and Selma. You know, the classic pyramid uh, scheme. Supperware? Uh, yes, the, the classic pyramid scheme. Sell the Tupperware, yeah. That's, oh my god. And then he gets kicked out of AA. They're here to help, right? Well, I was so desperate for a beer that I snuck into the football bleachers and ate the dirt. And Reverend Lovejoy kicks him out. But he makes it. He sees billboards that tempt him. He runs into the Duff train. He runs over a Duff can. The Duff blimp (laughs) drops Duffs with little parachutes on him. But he makes it. Homer makes it all 30 days sober. And he celebrates by going, I'm going to Moe's. And Marge is like, but Homer. I thought we would have like a bike ride or something. Yeah. You look so good. And... You even saved $100. I found it in your pants. And he yanks it out of Marge's hand. Goes, put the kids in a hotel. I'm coming back loaded. And of course, when he arrives, Moe's like, ah, look who it is, mister. I'm too good for beer anymore. Moe, give me a beer. Hey, everybody, Homer's back. And Homer takes one look at the bar flies and how miserable they are. And he says, just put it in the fridge. I've got a date with my wife. Raindrops keep falling on my head. I know what a great, what a great little episode closer too. Is he actually takes March on the bike ride he promised her, which is just her sitting in the basket of Lisa's bike. <laughs> red. Oh, Marge should never sing, ever. Crying's not for me. <laughs> oh, by the way, I love when Homer walks out of Mo and he goes, "You'll be back." So will you, and you, and point does the classic point at the camera gag, and you, and it turns out it's Barney. Of course I, not, of course I'll be back. If you didn't close, I'd never leave. Good old classic trope right there, Duffless. So let's do some Duffless trivia. This is the first episode to feature Chief Wiggum's wife, Sarah Wiggum. First time we meet her. I don't think she was identified by name, though, but... Bart going to grab the cupcakes is a direct reference, of course, to Clockwork Orange. And if you remember, he actually dressed up like Alex for Treehouse of Horror. We just reviewed that this season. Um, I don't remember what the line is without looking it up, but when they're doing the Duff commercial with Richard Nixon... He actually recites a verbatim line from the 1960 presidential debate. 
Mike Reese did not want to show the hamster getting shocked, but for plot purposes, didn't have a choice. I don't know how they could have gotten away with that, without actually showing it. You have to actually show it. <laughs> At one point, of course, when Lisa envisions being cruel to Bart and Marge is like, what's so funny? She goes, oh, I was thinking of a joke I saw on Herman's head. That, of course, features Yardley Smith and Hank Azaria. Simpsons regulars. It essentially was... It was essentially Inside Out. <laughs> it was it was based on there was this guy named Herman, and he goes through his regular day, but all of the all the various parts in your head are different characters, and they go into them, and they have their fights and conversations over what he's going to do or say next. Are you saying that Inside Out was not an original movie? No, I'm saying Simpsons did it first. <laughs> There you go. Oh, actually, I mean, Herman's Head did it first, but Simpsons <laughs> referenced it first. So, of course, we've all we've all seen that uh, even though they they list Hans Molman at 81, this episode saying he's 31 is the running gag of how old is he? Because his driver's license in Selma's Choice was August 2nd, 1961, which for January 21st, 1993, would make him... 31. So how old is he? We will never, ever know. Just, man, drinking ruined his life. Uh, the group of women in the anti-sexism protest are protesting in front of McMahon and Tate, which, of course, is the advertising agency from Bewitched, if you remember your classic TV. Did you catch that reference by any chance? I know. No, I have I only saw a little bit of a Bewitch growing up on Okay. I thought you were more familiar with Bewitch than that, but No. You seen Coach? I know you saw Coach. You binged the hell out of that before Netflix got rid of it. Yeah, Bewitch was good. Bewitch was fun. <clears throat> there are a two second snippet clip used for Bart the Daredevil. Which is a close-up of Homer making a disappointed face and saying "duh" when he gets arrested. That actually came from Bart the Daredevil. Because recycled animation. And the parody, I can't get enough of that wonderful duff, is from the 1940 song Shoe Fly Pie and the Apple Pan Dowdy. The song lyric is, can't get enough of that wonderful stuff. Now, this is actually what's pretty funny. This is a piece of trivia that makes this episode more interesting, and it's our last one. So it's all about Homer giving up beer, right? Guess what we never see one time in this episode? He doesn't actually drink any beer at the Duff Brewery. He just eats a handful of gummy beers, which is probably why he failed his breathalyzer test. How's that for poetic justice? And you would think that probably wouldn't rank. Probably not, yeah. But yeah. Because the general rule is a beer wears off in an hour. Roughly, yeah. You can quicken a handful of rest. gummy beers. Yeah. That's not even a whole beer. Uh classic classic stuff what do you think of this episode dan 
I guess it's two of the best things, and you I forget that it's the same episode. I do find that really interesting, too, that that happens a lot with some of these older Simpsons episodes, where you're just like, you watch them again, and you're like, oh, this is the episode with the, and you remember the thing, but you don't remember, you don't always remember where it came from. This season's actually full of several of those, I think. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good episode, and it also shows that despite Homer having a love of beer, he actually can with a little bit of motivation tone down on his drinking. That means he's a drunk and not an alcoholic. Exactly. Exactly. So, Let's cut Homer a little bit of slack here. And I also do believe that it was some BS that, of course, he fails the breathalyzer. And the classic cop trope of, oh, well, uh, no big deal that we'll, uh, we'll let you drive without actually testing you. But yeah, it's, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty good episode. Like I said, it's not... It's not like the, an ultimate favorite episode overall, but in this subject matter, it's really good. Like when you rewatch it back. Uh, the next episode we're going to review is called Last Exit to Springfield. It is considered widely as the best episode of The Simpsons ever. Yes, it's on tons and tons of top lists. Watchmojo.com put them on their top list. Um, one of the, one of the Simpsons, big Simpsons message boards where I would pull data about bad and good episodes from had this one listed on top as well. It's not number one on IMDb, but it is still close to the top. Last Exit to Springfield, uh, widely considered to be the best episode of the entire series. And we're going to give that a fresh look and see if we can figure out why that is when we bring you this episode next time. Check out all the great stuff we have to offer on CKCC Radio, including patreon.com slash clubkfabe and twitch.tv slash online. You can watch Dan and I stream, and you can get bonus content for only five bucks a month. And you guys get to tell us what kind of content we want, too, because patrons get say as to what kind of shows we provide for them. We even have a special bonus episode coming up where Dan and I, along with our friend Eric from The Nerd Table, are going to review the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy just for patrons. That's going to be fun. And hopefully we don't have to put out a director's cut of that. (laughs) You can just listen to the four-hour podcast and be done with it. So that's all the great stuff we got coming up. Join us next time for Last Exit to Springfield. We'll find out if it's the best episode ever. We'll see where it ranks next time right here on... The Stupid Sexy Podcast. Looks like I'm podcasting. Nothing at all.